Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico Polizzi. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience you'd like to talk about, or you want to talk conspiracies or, you know, anything really, anything unconventional, alternate health, alternate history, whatever, go ahead and send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Instagram. Uh, I get a ton of messages now and it's really humbling. Um, My Instagram is upstate underscore unconventional. And we'll get you on the show. I always answer people back. So, yeah. So, yeah, I just want to say again how grateful I am and how humble I am by... Instagram and I know a lot of people hate social media and whatnot but it's just really amazing how many friends I've I've made through Instagram now and I've never been like a big friends guy you know I don't have a ton of personal friends and and the ones I did have you know I've lost a lot of them because of you know stupid things like politics or you know different belief systems and whatnot and yeah, so it's just really cool and really humbling to, you know, meet all these new people that I meet through social media. It really, you know, there's a lot of negativity on social media, but if you just, you know, don't pay attention to that and pay attention to the positive stuff, you can really, you know, build some cool relationships. I mean, I have people now that I talk to every day. I my friend Dave up in Canada, you know, he just started his podcast, The Red Pill Cartel. I mean, I talk to him every day. My friend Matt now, he just started his podcast, The Great Deception. It's just really cool, you know? A ton of other people, too, like New York Patriot, uh, Jeremy Lifsey from the Esoteric Gladiator, and now this guest I'm having on today, Tarrant Firestride. His, uh, his Instagram is hatter underscore will underscore happen. Hatter will happen. And just, you know, random. He popped up as a suggestion followed him you know looked at his page was like I, I like the vibe of this page it's you know followed him and he went live one day and started talking about a bunch of different stuff and he mentioned tartaria and started going into that and i was like you know what i'm just gonna send him a message and see if he wants to come on the show and this is something i gotta work on myself is you know reaching out to people to get them on the show it's i don't know what it is with me it's like some defect I have. I feel like I'm not, I don't know. I just have a hard time reaching out to people. And I feel, I don't want to feel like I'm bothering people or pestering people like, Hey, come on my show. Hey, come on my show. But you know, I just was like, Hey, you know, really enjoyed your live stream. You know, I, I would be, you know, grateful if you came onto my show and no pressure or whatever. And he messaged me back and was like, sure, man. And he was like humbled too, that I even asked him. So it's pretty cool. And now me and him talk pretty much every day too. We send messages back and forth and whatnot. And yeah, definitely go give him a follow. It's Hatter Will Happen. Hatter underscore or Hatter underscore will underscore happen. But this is a great episode, guys. I mean, we, we cover a ton of different topics and I mean, we, we go into hermeticism a little bit. We talk about crystals and it's just... 
you know, he's a genuine dude and he's got a good story and he can cover a lot of different topics. With that being said, I really enjoyed this. I'm definitely going to have him back on soon. So yeah, enjoy the show, guys. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I uh, It's a long day. I'm glad that it's over. I'm uh, much more fond of sitting in my my chair than on my knees with a jackhammer going. So I saw that on your story today. So you do like home repairs and stuff like that? Yeah, I do residential remodel mostly. I started roofing when I was like 13 and uh, did that for a long time. But if all you do is roof, you only work like five months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned to deck and side and frame and fence and I started my I got my first roofing crew at 18 and then started my first company at 23 and built a few of those and now I just uh, I'm pretty picky and choosy about what I do as far as work I don't have to work full time to like survive anymore um, so it's something that's like if it's going to challenge me and um I can improve somebody's quality of life, then I'll take it. But as far as like um, trading my my life for um, money, I guess you know, as far as just being a part of that grind, um, I'm not into it anymore. I've done it long enough that I don't really get shopped, and I can charge, you know, not unfair money, but I can get paid paid fairly and do a job or two a month and take care of myself that way. And so that's kind of what's fueled this whole, um, me trying to be heard more. And, um, I'm trying to help people get, get sober and get out of the low vibration grind that everybody's stuck in and just try to, I suppose, show people another path. I was, taught that you just had to put your head down and work hard and that's how you got ahead and I feel like work ethic is great but um our society is designed to swallow people and not enable people and so um just trying to create an alternate path yeah man dude I love that you know I mean it's I've been sober now for just October will be five years now. So I got sober in October too. This will be three years for me. Nice, man. Nice. So yeah, I was a, I was a shit show, man. (laughs) I was a half gallon a day kind of guy. If I didn't have a drink by nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't hold a pencil. So, um, it was a, it was a rocky road, but if I can, if I can get out, then anybody can get out, you know? And mm-hmm. um, taking an energy-based approach as opposed to um, a religious approach or a um, – I'm about taking accountability, you know, for yourself and understanding that we're in the position that we're in because of decisions that we made. And the only thing that's going to put us in a different position is making better decisions and creating a – you know, transmuting. So um, trying to show people that – they're in control of their destiny. You know, I feel like it's really easy to 
point your finger in all these different directions and say that you're where you're at because of this or because of that. And we have to be able to use the things that uh, are negatives and, and turn them into positives. And, uh, you know, we got to hold ourselves accountable. And that's what hermeticism is about. And that's what alchemy is all about. And um, there's so much shit that gets a bad rap as far as you know i thought alchemy was like this uh uh you know my my family would have told me it was like devil worship or something you know and that occult the word was the same as being in a cult and there's all these stigmas that revolve around uh you know kind of this community and so trying to tear down some of those walls and um just getting people out of the boxes they're stuck in yeah man no that's it's so synchronistic um because i i was on the same path you know what i mean i i in like 2013 i started getting into the hebrew roots movement and okay. um it was the same thing it was like the word anything occult was evil it was you know right and and now it's just i'm at this place now where it's like I understand occult just means hidden. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. It's like another way of saying esoteric or alternate, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And so, so just trying to show people that like magic isn't evil, you know, in history, we, we are taught that the witches were the, these evil, you know, but, but we burned them alive in front of the village and like the witches were the bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like most of the witches that I know just want to heal themselves and heal everybody and heal the planet, you know, and, and collect uh, plants and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, we live in upside down land, man. Like we're living in an episode of the twilight zone is what I feel like. And so just trying to invert the inversion yeah. uh, is yeah. where I'm at. So, um, it's a good time man and it's you can make all the money in the world but it's like what are you really doing you know what are you what are you doing with the money and how how many people have you helped so that's what i want to do is make an impact and and show people the tools that they already possess and give them the courage to use them yeah no i i I love all of it because it's I kind of came to this realization because well, I'll just, I'll introduce you. I guess we should probably do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't so, be a bad idea, I suppose. So you go by Tarrant, right? Did I say that correct? Yeah, you did. You did. Tarrant. It's a pseudonym, obviously, but um, it was kind of something that I did to get away from the cycle that I was in, you know what I mean? Um, it was when I got sober, I realized that I didn't have anything in common with any of the people that I was around and everybody thought I was crazy. Um, and Tarrant is the name of the Mad Hatter in, uh, Alice in Wonderland. And that was kind of, a. um, ideology that I just started to embrace you know I live down the rabbit hole and I don't have any plans of crawling out um so I just went with it yeah that's awesome it, it, 
it's so true, man. When I got sober as well, it was like so many friends just dropped off the face of the earth. And it was like, you, you realize that you only have that in common with these people that you're drinking with them or you're doing whatever. And for me, I was at the same time having a kid too in a few months when I sobered up and well, good for you. Yeah. And honestly, man, it was, I can't even like think about alcohol without getting kind of sick to my stomach. At it's gross, point. huh? Yeah. Man. <clears throat> I haven't even, I've never talked about this on the show, but yeah, it was, I just, I was a functioning alcoholic. I was teaching. I was okay. working as a, <laughs> yep. a long term substitute teacher in a shitty school district. And it was just like, everything in my head was like it was just life was shit but at the same time i was having a kid i was in love like everything was going great too so it just it it all hit this climax at my cousin's wedding and it was just a shit show of a night and i was given an option by the mother of my child like clean yourself up or you're not going to be part of your son's life and good for you pretty pretty easy decision good for you I wasn't smart enough to figure that out uh, when my kids were that little. So um, it, it, it took me a little longer to, to yank myself out of those low vibrations, unfortunately. Um, but we all, we all do this for different reasons. And I think it's, I think we all wake up when we're meant to, you know, mm-hmm. um, sounds like your family is lucky to have you. And uh, you've, you've transmuted a, pretty rough situation into a, a pretty favorable one from from what i can tell yeah i mean there, there's always you know bumps and stuff in the road and there's you know i'm trying to improve every day but yeah i i, I could never go back I, I just couldn't and at the same time too when i was getting sober it's so funny because that's when i started kind of breaking out of this mindset of like this hebrew roots movement this strict kind of old testament uh mindset and and it was just yeah it it all came together at the right time when when you sit there and you you think about what you're reading um it the i didn't i didn't have any kind of objective perspective it was just dogma right it was just the way that i was raised and it was just the way that things were um and if you questioned it or you operated outside the standard mode then you were blasphemous. And when um, you take some of the stories and you take it, uh, I didn't identify with any of it. You know, I was just doing what I felt like I was supposed to do. And that's half the reason that I wasn't happy was I wasn't, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do and being who I thought everybody wanted me to be. Um, And there's no happiness there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's so funny because like, I wasn't raised really religious at all. My my parents or my mother was Greek Orthodox and she didn't really push that on there. There's a few kind of traumatic experiences when I was younger at church. It's just like, (laughs) I guess I'll just tell the story because it's kind of funny. I've never told it before on here, but when I was like, my my mother never had us like baptized or christened whatever they call it so my grandmother was like not having that so i was five years old when i got baptized in the greek orthodox church 
and they're supposed to just do like a little ceremony where they just kind of sprinkle some water on my head <laughs> right. whatever. And my grandmother was like, nope, that's not how you do it. So they like stripped me down. <laughs> I was in my underpants <laughs> and they were like trying to dunk me in this little bird bath. And it was like <laughs> the most oh, no. ridiculous thing being five years old. Just and traumatized. Was, yeah. I ran out of the church. I spit the, you know, communion at the, pre- and it was, it was a nightmare, dude. And like oh, my no. dad, my dad's half of the family was like traumatized. And the, the Greek half, my mom's side of the family were, were like cheering on, like they're watching like a gladiator fight or something. It, it was insane. <laughs> so I, uh, I had it shoved down my throat, man. Uh, grandma was, mom's side of the family was super super christian and that was the only way to live and then my stepdad was a real mormon and he tried to beat that into my skull really hard so it was like trying to figure out when to pretend to be mormon and when to pretend to be christian and then you know i was in a my childhood was pretty abusive physically and so um as soon as i had the chance to run from all that it was, you know, it all got put in the same box, you know, the, the religion, because I thought religion and spirituality were the same thing, uh, and the abuse and the trauma and everything. And this was all just in, in, in one package. And so the second I got a chance to get out of there, I just ran from all of it. And uh, for a long time, I said I was atheist, and then I was agnostic. And then I, you know, I didn't know what I was. And then I found uh, hermeticism, which is basically just old old spirituality it was the precursor to um, almost every religion that exists today Um, and it's just about creating a more favorable reality with you know will and learning how to transmute negatives into positives and take accountability and take uh, control of your destiny it's there are seven principles of hermeticism and it it kind of just step by step gives you a way to take your power back and um it's about a personal relationship with your creator. And um, that that really resonated with me. And I, I was never good at the group setting or I, I don't necessarily have a problem with authority, but I like to do things the way that they feel right to me. And that isn't uh, accepted in a lot of uh, religion, you know, and anything that I'm not allowed to question, I'm really weary of, really, 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 really leery of. And so... Um, and that's what this system of belief is for me is question everything and, uh, make it, you know, if it's not yours, if it, if it doesn't feel right, it's not yours and leave it for somebody else. And if it is, then take it and use it, you know, um, just finding all these tools that I didn't know I had and, and improving my life with them and, and becoming the, you know, the commander of my vessel. So it was, it was very empowering for me to find, uh, spirituality and um that's kind of what led me into where i'm at now i had some pretty crazy experiences when i was a kid um that i didn't understand or know how to interpret and every time i talked to somebody about it um i was either medicated or you know told i was crazy um and so i started drinking at a really young age to to try and turn it off, you know, cause I didn't like the way the pills made me feel and I didn't like being told I was crazy and I didn't like going to the counselor. So I just, uh, I tried to shut it down, you know, and I did a pretty good job of that for a long time. Uh, but it's not sustainable. You know, you can't run from who you are for your whole life. And 
it's uh being able to the self-love thing was huge for me because I, I i don't think you can really love anybody else until until you can love yourself um so learning that and practicing that was was big for me and that's just something i've learned in the last few years you know i was kind of a mess until <laughs> a couple of years ago so things have started to happen pretty fast um I'm just trying to walk my path you know yeah man and what's so fascinating to me is that hermeticism it you you see it naturally in children you know what i mean like absolutely they, and everything we do from the public school system to if, if you put religion on them or whatever like i look at my four-year-old son and he is he is a free spirit man he just <laughs> he doesn't really listen to authority he just knows what he wants to do and he it's beautiful yeah and it's i have to stop myself because i i realize i'm like putting these like unnecessary rules sometimes i'm like well because that's really what parents do right yeah and it's <laughs> it really makes you look at your own life you know you're just like huh what when because he'll just say why why do i have to stop doing this and i'm like i don't have an answer for that man exactly <laughs> you know i think that we have kids to learn right mm -hmm. society teaches us that we're supposed to teach our kids but i think that the kids that we have uh are the way that they are because of lessons that we need to learn and they are our teachers and then as they grow up and they're trying to come into their adulthood and they have their own kids that's their chance to learn you know mm -hmm. and i think that especially like special needs kids uh can teach us just in incredible lessons i think that and the fact that like you said they're these free spirits and uh, some people don't know uh, kids operate almost predominantly in it's almost like a hypnotic state until you're seven years old and that's why like when they sit down and they're having a tea party and it's mud you know but it's it's real for them right mm -hmm. um it's it it's as real for them as you know the chair that they're sitting on when they're doing it and we actually teach them not to do that um they go to school and they're taught to just repeat these things and regurgitate information and we we turn that off you know and so trying to like you said embrace that and help help um help feed that imagination and the why is such a beautiful thing because this is shaping a mind right and when they want to do something and we're we're not we don't allow them to and i'm, I'm i there's obviously us as parents we have to stop our kids from doing certain things um but our job is as in my opinion is to just guide them through these questions safely and kind of let them uh, experience things. Cause that's what this is to me. You know, when things started to happen really fast in my life was when I realized that I'm not a human being having a spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And so just trying to learn from this and um, create the experience that I want to have and that I want the people that I care about to have and figure out how we can all grow the most um, is what it is for me. You know, there's everybody's so caught up in the grind and survival. And like, I'm not here to survive. I'm here to thrive and I'm here to um, experience abundance and share abundance with everybody that I can. 
and that's not what this place teaches you to do. So um, you kind of got to have a little bit of goat energy to, to be able to make it. And I think that the isolation that we all experience when we wake up, you know, it's whether it's when you quit drinking or when you realize that you're being lied to by authority or that you're being controlled or indoctrinated, you know, you have to go through this period of isolation um, and loneliness and rejection. Uh, and I think it's necessary for you to feel that so that you can develop your own approval and this um, sense of confidence and um, happiness that only comes from within you because it's so easy to count on a relationship or a friendship or a job to make you happy. And if you're counting on something outside of yourself to create your happiness, then I think you're destined to uh, be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was miserable teaching, absolutely miserable. And I just, in 2018, I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. And I started, uh, I was doing landscaping on the side because you don't make anything as a teacher. And (laughs) and I said, you know what, I'm just going to, there was an opportunity for me to get a full-time job there. And everyone was like, it's yours. You know, you have it. And I was counting on it didn't get the job so i was like yeah and and it's it's all politics and nonsense and stuff like that but i was just like you know what you're done i'm done doing this and i started a landscaping company i was working for another landscaping company and it's just been i've been working for myself pretty much i I, the last couple years i've been detailing cars for a big dealership but i'm pretty much like an independent contractor there you know which is a beautiful thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, <clears throat> that I think the biggest thing that changed was the mindset, right? You decided that your reality wasn't acceptable and um, you probably didn't know exactly how you were going to change it or what the details were, but you knew that what was going on wasn't working anymore. And I think that when things start to change in our life is when we just stop accepting our current reality as our current reality. Um, and something that I talk about is when you, when you shatter one, another one begins to form, right. And you don't always get it the first try. Um, but instead of focusing on what you want, you know, one thing that I tell people is focus on what you don't want. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily have it all figured out, but you know, what's not working for you. And so if you can start there and start by eliminating the things that, you know, don't work, then eventually you know, you're going to deduce this reality that does work. And Sherlock Holmes, it, you know, you find the answer by eliminating all other answers. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think I was listening to, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was tinfoil hat. I was listening to, and they had, they were talking about Tartaria and all this stuff. And the guy was saying how, um, you don't ever find the truth. You find what's not true. And it's the same principle, you know, yep. when you want to get to the truth, the truth isn't going to come right out. You're going to have to figure out what's not true, what doesn't work for you, what, you know, I mean, I had to screw up a few lawns and make some pretty big mistakes. (laughs) Yep. Take a couple chunks out of uh, putting the mower just a little too low on some properties and just fixing it. And you just learn, but these mistakes end up being what make us, what, what create, the good though you know and it's it's about making mistakes i would i would say that these mistakes are what 
cause us to grow and cause us to try harder and cause us to learn. And um, like, I mess up all the time. I feel like a lot of people think that I just have this figured out. And, and um, one of the videos I did the other day was just about walking towards the things that make me uncomfortable. And uh, it doesn't always go great, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I will not make the same mistake twice. And so uh, for me, it's less about perfection and more about um, just not screwing up as bad as I did yesterday or five minutes ago, you know, being better than who I was when I woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. So, which is where a lot of my um, energetic and uh, I'm a frequency guy, you know, and I believe that what you put out is what you give back or what you get back and um, trying to change what's happening in your life subconsciously and uh, reprogramming the the subconscious, you know, Joe, Joe Dispenza says that 95% of everything that happens in our life is subconscious. It's automatic. So to change our life, we have to change, you know, the subconscious programming, which takes repetition and it takes practice. Um, And so, trying to decide what's important to me and then hermeticism teaches everything exists in the mind before it can exist in the physical and so trying to make something real in my head and then walk that into existence as opposed to just wanting things to be different you know yeah man i mean honestly anything i've ever done in life that i would consider good or great it's like I I've visualized it beforehand. You know what I mean? Like if I did a painting or something, I knew what the painting was going to be before I did it. If I'm going to cut a lawn, I knew what the outcome was going to be. And it's just so amazing how, if you can just keep that image in your head, it's the same thing with building a puzzle. If you can see the puzzle, you're going to, you're going to create it. Yeah. It's going to be easy for you. My favorite part of my job is I take these ideas that people have in their heads and I, take these raw materials that are no good when they're sitting in their current state, you know, and I take this idea and these raw materials and I create something physical that somebody is, is going to change the quality of someone's life, uh, hopefully for the better, you know? Um, but I take these dreams and I make them tangible and I make them physical and it's incredibly rewarding for me. I I see it as a very pure form of alchemy, you know, it, it, it could just be building a fence or it could be building a patio cover. But for me, it's, it's a lot bigger than that. And um, that's kind of what keeps me going, I suppose. Yeah, man. I love it. So alchemy is very new to me. You know, I, like I told you earlier, all these terms and stuff just, you know, five years ago, I was like, nope, don't want anything to do with that. But so even when I'm cooking and stuff, I, I consider that to an extent alchemy. In- oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. just the like the intention you put in and i'm not bragging or anything but i I think i'm a pretty good cook and i've noticed like if i just throw something together it doesn't taste good but when i take my time and i really you know every ingredient i cook it right i you know season it per you know and i cook the way i want to eat it you know so it absolutely so i want to dive into alchemy a little bit and i want to get into frequency and stuff too with crystals because like on your on your instagram page you have crystals, energy, consciousness, natural healing, plant medicine, metaphysics, and alchemy. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's 
every box I'm interested in. That's my life, man. That's my life. Um, Alchemy for me is just, uh, and transmutation. So we, we can talk emerald tablets and the prima materia, which is what ancient alchemists, um, wrote about and uh you can look at it metaphorically or you can look at it as uh, practically or tangibly as you want you know the uh, alchemy in its purest form was about taking lead and making gold out of it right mm-hmm. um and so it, we don't have much gold but we have lots of lead and so if you can take something less favorable uh, and apply this prima materia, which is this recipe, magic recipe of transmutation that Hermes wrote on the emerald tablets. Um, you can take something unfavorable and turn it into something favorable, um, which was huge for me because I had all kinds of unfavorable stuff happen in my life, you know, and I don't think that you can really let go of negative energy. I think that once you experience trauma or negativity, it's, it's there and it's, it's in your person. And for you to improve or make it, so you, ha- you have to transmute that and you have to turn that negative into something positive. Um, and you talk about cooking um, and intention, right? Anybody who says that, they don't think intention matters. Uh, I would ask them about grandma's cooking, right? Or everybody's grandma makes something, whether it's her cookies or whether it's grandma's lasagna or her enchiladas, and they're the best, right? And you can make them the exact same way, and they're not they're not going to be the same, right? And I would argue that that's the love that grandma puts into them, you know? Um, grandma is enjoying what she's doing and she's feeding her family and it makes her happy and you taste that happiness and you taste that love and you taste that affection. Um, and I think that when we walk into things with an intention of love or gratitude, you're going to taste that, whether it's a project at work or whether it's something that you're cooking or whether it's um, dealing with trauma. <clears throat> I think that all of that comes back to the same thing, which is just wanting more um, and being willing to work for it. And for me, <clears throat> I'm a very practical person. I need evidence, right? I, I nerd out on things and I dive into things and I want to see proof and I want to see um, results. And a big part of that for me in crystals and in energy work was learning about Marcel Vogel and learning about Wilhelm Reich and what they did because they were scientists and they were geniuses, um, but they were into all the stuff that I was into and they studied it at, on this level that I never had heard of before. So Marcel Vogel was uh, the lead researcher, engineer, inventor for IBM for like 27 years. And he develop these hard drives um and i mean a hard drive is a quartz crystal mm-hmm. right i think a lot of people don't know this that your cell phone when you talk to that thing that that's what it is it's it's a quartz crystal that's in there and you're using this this language right this computer language to input energy and information into this crystal and it's processing this information or storing this information then giving it back and <clears throat> Vogel wanted to know why he could do it with a computer, but he couldn't do it with his brain. Um, 
And so he developed, he, he woke up with this vision in his head, which he found out later was the Kabbalistic tree of life. And he cut this quartz crystal into it and developed this protocol for inputting energy and information. And I mean, this is the same guy that proved when you play music for your plants, they grew better. Um, and so he was very, he took all these impractical ideas and made them practical. And so studying his work really gave me um, the evidence, I suppose, that I needed to go and like get some hands-on experience. And that led to working with crystals and learning about crystals. And that was a door that once I opened and walked through, there was no, there was no turning back for me. I mean, you've seen my house as far as um, I think you've seen my house. I've got more crystals in my house than most crystal shops have. And I know them all and I work with them all. And, um, I mean, it really changed my life. The first time I picked up a piece of Moldavite, uh, and held it, it, I started sweating and it, I got tingly and I got warm and I got not anxiety, but like, I felt my heart start beating faster. Um, and I wanted to understand why you know, and <clears throat> that reaction is known as Moldavite flush, right? It's very common for people the first time that, that they grab this stone. And, and what's happening is these crystals carry a vibration. And Marcel Vogel proved this with IBM's money. Uh, he took a couple of quartz crystals from different parts of the world and, and measured the, the actual vibrations that were coming off of this thing um and they were vastly different and so this led to him uh experimenting with different facets and different stones and different cuts and this guy just nerded out on crystals for 15 years um and so these vibrations that that are carried in these crystals enter our auric field right we emit vibrations and this is when we talk frequency and getting what you get back I'm, I'm referring to the vibrations that we're putting out which i mean it's not just in the way you feel it's in the way you act and the way that you walk through this life and so these these crystals carry certain vibrations and when we bring those crystals into our auric field it alters our vibrations and um this altered vibration alters our reality if that makes any sense. It's like the the channel that you're tuned into, right? The frequency that that uh, you've got yourself set to is what you're going to experience. And so when you change your vibrations, you change your reality and you change the way that the universe uh, interacts with you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so learning about the energetic system are you familiar with the chakras at all or how those work i know that i know the seven chakras i, I think there are more though right there are definitely more so yeah. the seven chakras is a, a a great way to approach crystals though and i think that's a good place for people to start um i know of at least 12 right and there are people mm -hmm. that will tell you there's hundreds or thousands and um i have firsthand knowledge of 12 and so that's what i can speak to as far as the seven that we are handed uh by i don't want to call it pop culture but the the seven that we're taught i believe is, are all just a different way to approach the heart space so okay. um you have 
the three above and three below the heart and then I we're talking as above so below right and yep. so the above is an equal and opposite representation of the below and when you're in balance above and below you're you're operating in that frequency of love which is the heart space and so you've got <clears throat> these lower vibrations that are uh your your root chakra and your sacral chakra and your solar plexus chakra and these are our our rational our rational chakras right the and mm -hmm. so your trauma for example is all carried in your root and so when we talk about being grounded right you're talking you're talking your lower chakras and keeping you in this grounded state as opposed to when you're working with higher vibrations and you're up in the third eye or the throat or the crown, then you're dealing with more spirituality and less, less, uh, less physical. Right. And so we have to find balance. If you focus too much on the physical, then the spiritual is going to suffer. And if you focus too much on the spiritual, then the, uh, the vice versa, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's important to keep all of these in balance and chakra translates to wheel right? It's these, they're like relays. They're these energy centers. Um, and when one is not spinning properly, or when you experience blockage, or one is overactive, it's going to create issues in your energetic network. Because what you want is this energy to flow in and out and, and through you um, smoothly, right? You want to be connected to the earth, but you also want to be connected to the cosmos. And you want all of that energy to meet right in the middle and keep this heart space uh active and so one thing that i compare it to is like when you see light pass through a prism um it splits into seven colors right which is the same seven colors that are represented in the chakra system and so you still have just one beam of light right it's just split into these seven areas and i think that these seven chakras are just different ways to approach this one light um and they're there are different ways to approach this state of oneness and self-love, which is where I think it all starts, you know, um, and learning, learning the chakras and learning how they work and how they're supposed to work. And then when you process things, trying to understand how you're processing them and where you're processing them um, gives you a pretty good idea where to start as far as what crystals you're going to work with and what you're trying to do, because a lot of people want to get into crystals, right? They're intrigued by the idea. They, I mean, most of the people that you meet that are crystal hippies or are really into this are pretty happy individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think people see that and everybody wants to be happy, right? And so it's, people know that they want to get into it, but they don't know how and they don't know where. Um, and so for me, it's about figuring out what you want right and what you need to be happy and um you know if it's a trauma thing then that's something that you can address you've got your sacral chakra which is associated with your sexuality and your confidence right and your solar plexus chakra is more about uh being willing to take action and do the things that you know you need to do when you need to do it you know so it's more about courage and um bravery the heart space is pretty self-explanatory um it's about love and the way that you interact with others uh your throat chakra 
is communication, right? And knowing your truth and voicing your truth and setting boundaries. Um, your third eye is your intuition, right? It's your, your guidance and your ability to visualize goals and understand um, things from a, a higher perspective, right? Because it's really easy to get stuck in the practical. And um, if, if all you're worried about is the practical, then you're, you're not in touch with your spirituality, right? Exactly. And um, then you've got the crown, which is this is where the energy comes in, right? And this is where your, your spirituality and your intelligence and your higher learning come into play. Um, and th I mean, this is the, the path that all of the energy that's going to go through your body is entering. Um, so if your crown chakra is blocked, then you're not, you're not able to, to take any of that in. And I mean, the idea is that you have this energy that flows in from the cosmos through your crown chakra, down through all seven of them to your root chakra and then down into the earth. Right. And so you can imagine like a circuit, an electrical circuit. And you, if you experience blockage at any one of those circuits, there's no flow. Exactly. So yeah. um, just identifying where there's kind of an imbalance, you know, and how you want to attack that. There are different, it's, it's all about the the frequency of the crystal right and the frequency of what you're trying to do everybody is either too grounded or too up in the clouds right even mm -hmm. e even the people that understand this like anybody who thinks that they've gotten to a point in their life where they don't need to try anymore or try to get any better i think is selling themselves short oh, so, I agree. yeah um so Go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, for me, I just got into crystals like in the last month and my wife was kind of into them beforehand. She had some here and there and now we both kind of really got into it. And awesome. I've noticed like I carry a hematite stone. Okay. And I've noticed that's really kind of helped me ground. Um, Great grounding stone. Yeah. Are you getting a reverb? I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. All right. But yeah, so hematite seems to be a pretty good one for me. Uh, garnet, I like a lot. Okay. Uh, so you're up in the clouds. <laughs> and I think uh, so. you're trying to get yourself, trying to get yourself a little more a little more even but here's the thing like you if if this grounding feels good for you that this is just bringing your your frequency down a little bit and getting you closer to that heart space um both of those stones that you just named are are great uh grounding stones they're both associated with the root chakra and um it's it's interesting that that's where you started because i think that that's a a great place for everyone to start because i think we can all be more grounded. And that's one thing that I say that everyone should do every day is some grounding, uh, which is really simple. It's just about going outside and taking your shoes off and connecting with the earth. Um, we're electric beings, right? Um, what tool, right? Whether, whether it's a, or what, what anything that's electric doesn't have a ground on it, 
mm-hmm. right? Electric things need to be grounded to work properly. And so I think it's crazy that we as electric beings aren't taught to ground ourselves. Um, and this is something that's really gotten big in the last five years or so uh, in, I think the University of California or Caltech did a, a study on it and proved that it, it, it reduces inflammation and anxiety and depression and all this stuff from grounding for five minutes a day, right? So you walk outside and you don't want to do it on the concrete, you know, but stand in the dirt, or stand in the rocks or stand in the grass um, and it's, it's going to help you. And it's, it's cool to me that you said you carry it. Um, I walk around with, I mean, I got 10 or 12 bracelets on I, I have a bunch of pendants that I wear. Both pockets are always full of crystals. I have a little medicine bag that I carry mm-hmm. um, that's got a bunch of little ones in it. And they're like tools for me. Right. And depending on how I'm feeling or what I'm working on or what I'm trying to do determines what I'm carrying. And, um, you know, a way to kind of, as a general rule, the color of the crystal can kind of tell you where it's going to put you. And there are variations of this, but um, red is your your lowest vibration, red and black, right? You, you mm-hmm. said hematite, which is like a blackish gray, right? Mm-hmm. Or tourmaline is another really good grounding stone. Um, garnet is red right and these are all these are all uh in the root your sacral chakra is orange right so you've got carnelian and um tiger's eye and amber are great uh for the sacral chakra your your solar plexus chakra and you can imagine like your solar plexus chakra these energy networks are on your spine and so your root chakra is down like at the base of your spine. And so when you're sitting in a, in a like crisscross applesauce, your root chakra is what is in contact with the ground. It's like your tailbone. Mm-hmm. Um, your sacral is like your pubic bone. Um, your solar plexus chakra is, is right there in your solar plexus. The heart chakra is in the heart. Um, so the, the solar plexus is yellow. The, the heart chakra is green. The throat chakra is obviously right in your throat. Um, and it's associated with the color blue. Um, the third eye is purple and the crown chakra is usually white or violet, right? So as you're going through these crystals, if you're drawn to a green stone, right? Um, the, the, this is your body uh, and, or your higher self telling you that your heart space can use some work, right? If you're attracted to purple stones then you're you're you may have some kind of intuitive message that's trying to come through um and so what i tell people is to just go to the crystal shop right and i'll tell you about my first experience with the crystal shop man i walked in there and these things just started humming at me Mm -hmm. um and i just kind of let myself get drug around and it's it's weird with 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 covid because people don't like you touching things but like i'm a very touchy person man like when i see something i want to hold it in my hand um and your left hand is usually associated with uh receiving it's the feminine hand it's where energy is absorbed and your right hand is usually um the masculine or the firing end of the of of our body and so when people are trying to 
feel crystals out, I always say that it's good to hold it in your left hand. Now, when you're charging a crystal with intention, right, you're going to want to use your right hand. But as a rule, when you're <clears throat> when you're trying to to take in energy from something, you want to hold it in your left hand. And the intention is important. I tell people all the time, you're going to get back exactly what you put into these things. And so if you think it's stupid, it's not going to do anything for you. Right. You know? Um, and people can call it placebo. People can call it whatever. What maybe it is a placebo, right? But placebos work. How many people have gotten better because they thought they were going to, you know? Um, and so I, I tell people, if you walk into this with, with positive intention and you really want to improve your life and you're willing to do some study and some research and try some new things and step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, your life is going to improve. You know, I've never heard anybody say, yeah, my life was great until I started walking around with rocks in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can't, it can't hurt. And if you want, Alan Watts said, we don't get better because we want to be. He said that, that the reason that we want to be better is what's wrong with us. And so I think that just the fact that someone is willing to take action and go explore something new, right? And, uh, and try something that is pretty woo-woo for a lot of people, because I think that it's got this stigma. And what's funny is people talk about, oh, you're into that new age stuff. I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. Oh, this new age stuff. And like, yes, this, this stuff has had a major resurgence in the last 40 or 50 years. But I can show you evidence of Moldavite statues from 25,000 years ago, which is before humans were even supposed to exist. Um, the Holy Grail, like literally the Chalice of Christ, was either made of Moldavite or it was uh, a cup that was imbued with Moldavite that had Moldavite set in it. Um, Napoleon had it in his possession at one point. And he was like, what is this, dude? It's a, it's a cup and it's green glass. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And so he searched his whole life for this thing. And it wasn't what he expected. And so he didn't want anything to do with it. Um, so this is this a perfect example to me of like, you're going to get back what, what you put into it. Everybody that I've showed this to um who has taken it seriously has drastically improved their life and you can put that on the crystals or you can put that on the intention that they walk into the crystals with um but either way it it, it makes you happy man and it's something that doesn't involve uh it's it's not a crutch like like alcohol is or like um you're not you're not hurting yourself you're actually purifying your body there are crystals that are what will literally purify your body and help you sweat things out there are crystals that will um improve your blood pressure uh there this is all measurable and so anybody that gives it a chance is gonna is gonna experience an improved quality of life and so i encourage everybody to just try it man, go into it with a positive attitude and go to the crystal shop and see what feels good to you. Right. And if nothing feels good, that's okay. That's okay. Try something out or don't, but, but, but give it a shot and walk in there. And if it, if you're drawn to something, then hold on to it and see what that feels like. And I'd be really surprised if somebody, anybody picked something up um, and didn't experience some kind of, some kind of joy, you know, even if it's just cause it's pretty, right? These, they're, they're fun to look at. And I think that when you give somebody something, um, like I buy people crystals all the time and I, 
it's a big deal for me. And I, I sit there and I think about what my intention is for this crystal. And I try to, I try to put that intention into this crystal before I gift it to somebody. Um, and I think that people are receptive can experience that just like with grandma's cooking, you know, and it's just a way to alchemize your energy because we all have issues. Everybody yeah. has, and it's, it's about turning them into speed bumps as opposed to roadblocks. For me, it's just another tool in your tool bag. And um, you can't have too much help. You know, you really can't. No, I love that. And, and um, so for me, I, I did exactly that. I just kind of went to a crystal shop and picked up some stuff that I thought that I was just kind of drawn to. So the seven, I, it's funny that I carry seven. I didn't even put that together with the. That's chunk. awesome. But I have a little chunk of amethyst, uh, bloodstone, and little chunk of angelite. Okay. Uh, citrine, hematite, snowflake, obsidian, and the garnet. And those are the seven I like carry around with me. So that's awesome. Well, and a lot of those are lower chakras man um and and everybody is somewhere right very rarely is somebody just operating in the heart space because when you're operating in the heart space you're you're happy and you're you you're typically not searching when everything's perfect you know mm -hmm. um there was angelite which is more uh throat chakra and so this is about expressing yourself and communication and, and healthy boundaries and um, thinking before you speak, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And avoiding arguments. And so, you know, I don't know anything about your personal life, but uh, I know that when I <clears throat> was drawn to a blue stone the first time, it was because I was having a hard time communicating, right? Like I, I, um, I was a really good communicator for a long time because I said what everybody wanted to hear, or I thought I was a really good communicator, right? People really liked me because I knew how to be this social chameleon and I knew what people wanted to hear. And I was just this yes man. Mm -hmm. um, and so finding myself and finding, um, it, it's hard to be a hundred percent in yourself and make everybody happy, right? So finding that balance and finding out how to tell the truth uh, and set boundaries without uh, being rude, right? Or having the courage to set boundaries. I know that the solar plexus was an area that needed a lot of work for me and the root chakra as well. I, I carried around a lot of trauma for my whole life. And um, a lot of us do, right? <laughs> whether it's trust issues or whether it's insecurity. Um, and a lot of that starts at childhood and I believe that when you experience childhood trauma that is there it is in your root chakra and it's 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 blockage right and it it is there until you transmute it and so we have to learn to turn that trauma into a positive you know the abuse that I talked about when I was a kid I got my butt kicked like I was a grown-up starting when I was six or seven years old and people hear that and they're like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and it's like no don't be don't be that made me who I am right and it it turned me into this this being that I I I can honestly say that I walk through this life fearlessly right like once you go through this 
that kind of trauma, it's either going to make you or it's going to break you. And for a long time, it broke me. And it, I walked around and I was damaged and I was, I was broken. And one thing that changed it for me was I heard this quote and it said, you know, we're all a little broken, but the last time I checked broken color crayons still color the same. And um, that was really empowering for me because there's no such thing as, as too broken. And I don't think there's any energy or any trauma or any abuse that, that you can't use. Right. And another one that you said is amethyst. And this is one that I recommend amethyst and bloodstone are two that, that are really great for everybody. Um, when I have like a starter kit, you know, mm -hmm. amethyst is always on it. Amethyst is like a, it's like a reset, you know, it's associated with the third eye chakra and it's great for releasing things that don't serve you and creating space for new things that do. It's great for um, intuition and guidance. It's a perfect stone for um, self-mastery and self-realization and visualizing goals. But to be able to do that, we have to create space. Like I tell people all the time, if your cup's full, you don't have room for more abundance right and so you have to release things to create space for new things and abundance is a word that i use a lot because i think there's no such thing as stagnant right mm -hmm. you're either growing or you're regressing you're either eating or you're being eaten right and so um we I lost my train of thought, but amethyst is like, it's just this fresh start. And, um, it's, I, I think that that's what we all need to start with is just kind of humbling ourselves before our highest self. Yeah. And I'll, I'll uh, cut you off. I'm sorry, but no, absolutely. With, with the amethyst and the angelite, they're the two that are kind of different in my little collection, but yep. they both broke off of, bigger pieces of my wife okay you know what i mean so i just thought it was funny i was handling both of them and a little chunk both broke off of each one and <laughs> i carry them around i was just drawn to them i'm like i, I guess i damaged these and now they're mine <laughs> but, well but i mean i think that stuff like that happens for a reason and yeah. amethyst was the first crystal that i had it was the, the first crystal that i ever got and there was this girl in my life that i we clicked super hard right and uh we went from zero to a hundred wanted to spend all of our time together and she was kind of into crystals and i thought it was kind of weird you know mm -hmm. um and seeing her and the way that she interacted with them and the way that she believed in them was kind of it was interesting for me and she ended up i left her house nothing had changed right but i left her house and she had slipped this amethyst into my backpack and i got home and i found this rock and i never saw her again like i don't know what changed or what happened but i really believe that she came into my life to deliver this rock and um that's not to say that that's how every, everyone gets their first stone from somewhere and yours mm -hmm. was that's a great story you said it you were handling it and it came off like this thing presented itself to you yeah and you were humble enough and open enough to go you know what i think I'm, i think i'm gonna hold on to this right 
and you're carrying it you're keeping it on your person and so i don't think that things happen by accident i don't either especially with this last year that's been happening you know nothing (laughs) is coincidence nothing is by accident it's all part of the bigger picture well, and as bad as all this has been, how much growth has taken place over the last couple years, you know? I think that more people woke up over the last year and a half than I've ever seen in my whole life. There were all these people that had to overcome all this adversity, and a lot of us really struggled for a little while. But I, le- I, I really believe that struggling and suffering is the fastest route to growth, which is why... I'm, I try to walk towards the things that um, make me uncomfortable. I think when we step outside of our comfort zone is when we do our best work. And um, sometimes the chaos um, and us embracing that and being able to overcome and thrive through that. Once you make it through something that's terrible, you know that you can make it through something that's terrible. And I think that we all learned that we can make it because we're, we're still here. Right. Mm-hmm. So we all learned that we're stronger than what we thought. You know, if somebody would have told you two years ago that you were going to go through the year that we had last year, um, I think a lot of us would have said that we, well, I wouldn't make it through that, you know, but here we are. And yes. so and now we're back to transmutation, you know, we're that all this place gives you is lead. Um, I call it earth school. I think that we're all here to learn. Um, I think that our journeys are, uh, a mirror of the growth that we're here to accomplish. And so when we talk about no accidents or no coincidences, I think that, you know, whether we choose it or whether, um, things are put in front of us, I think that it's all for a reason. And it's our job to take this lead, um, and transmute it into usable, positive, energy which is which is gold and um as far as ancient alchemy was concerned i think that it's it's described and it's documented as metal because i mean how many book burnings have we had and how much uh truth and history has been lost because uh, there are people here that want to control us and so hermeticism is about taking everything is a metaphor, right? The principle of correspondence uh, says that there's, there's always something associated with, with, with every action, right? And we can talk about the principle of cause and effect and how uh, each action has an equal and opposite reaction and um, learning how to create more favorable reactions with our actions and taking charge of that and taking accountability um, is just a beautiful thing to me. And I think that a great, a great way to walk through that door is with crystals and energy and frequency, because I don't think that karma is rude. I don't think that karma is mean. I think that karma is a mirror and that this place is a mirror. Um, and so if we want something different, we have to create something different by being something different. It's our actions that dictate who we are and what we are and where we are. And there's no such thing as, as perfection, but we can do better than we did yesterday. And we can use all of the tools that we have at our disposal um, 
and try to make the most of them. And whether that's a crystal or whether that's a book or whether that's um, a system of belief or whether it's some advice that you get, right? We have to be humble enough and open enough to try new things because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And we're searching because we want different results, right? So to attain those, we need, we need to do something different. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really amazing because so many people I know that just, they just, they do that. They just stay in the same thing. They're miserable in their job. They're miserable in their marriage, whatever. Yep. It's, it's crazy, man. But it's easy to be unhappy. That's the easy, that's the easy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is to just keep going through the grind and keep going to the same job and keep stay in the relationship, even though the the person doesn't respect you or value you. Um, that's the easy choice. And I don't think that people understand that. I think that a lot of people think that's the hard choice. Well, I'm going to stick it out. You know, um, the easy choice is to just keep doing the same thing. But mm-hmm. if we if we want more, we have to try different things. And we have to, um, again, what you go into this with is exactly what you're going to get back and that's what alchemy is and that's what energy is and that's what frequency is because we again the channel that we're tuned into is what we're watching and if you're sitting in front of the tv i mean this the tv is called a television this thing is telling you a vision right and what you're watching on it is called programming right they're not hiding it from you they're telling you exactly what they're doing to you and so you can accept the narrative and you can accept the structure that's been presented and keep doing because this place isn't designed to make you happy. That's not what society is. That's not what, that's not what the model is. You know, I wrote my freshman uh, thesis on high school as a manufacturing facility. Right. Mm -hmm. And how, uh, all these raw materials come in and they run them through this assembly line and everything that doesn't fit into this exact mold or everything with a, a small defect or a small blemish gets kicked into the reject pile. Right. And this reject pile ends up, uh, whether it, you end up in depression or you end up in the prison system or you end up, you know, on, on, on pharmaceuticals, it's, it's all going to take care of this machine because this system isn't designed to benefit you and me it's designed to benefit one percent of one percent and so what we're taught is like go to school stop thinking critically right Mm -hmm. read this and repeat it back to me and that's the same thing that college is in my opinion and that's not to say that college isn't a valuable experience for some people but you're not taught to be your own person in college you're taught to fit inside this mold right and then you graduate college and you have this degree and you're in debt and the first thing you do is go get a job and 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 now you're trading your time for money because you have to pay this debt off and what a responsible adult does we're told is you go buy a house right and you go buy a car and before you know it you've got this degree that may or may not be something that you enjoy or that makes you happy because who knows who they are at 18 years old. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now you're half million dollars in debt and you have no choice, but to continue working this job 
because if you don't, you're going to lose your house and you, you, you can't pay your bills. And so you've done everything right. You've done exactly what you're supposed to do according to the system that we're given, but you are stuck in this machine now and there's no way out of that. And you're going to pay on that house for 30 years. Right. And that I think is what makes us stick in these, in these jobs that don't make us happy or these relationships that don't make us happy is we feel like there's no other way. And that's what middle way is about for me, right? You have the left-hand path or you have the right-hand path, you have feminine and you have masculine, you have all of these different things. And this, this world is a very dualistic place, right? There's an equal and opposite representation for everything. And um, finding that balance and walking the path that works for you is what spirituality is all about for me and what alchemy is all about for me is is making your own way and not we don't fit in boxes man and i think that when we try to we're just doomed to live a life of apathy and mediocrity and you know something that i heard the other night is <clears throat> you know people settle for average right well like this is normal this is this is average like what have you ever done where you were like yeah i'm gonna go compete and hopefully i get like third place right you know um why do we settle with our entire existence like if whether it's video games or whether it's sports or whether it's um your job you don't ever set out to be mediocre so why do we settle and that's what middle class america is right you you're you're settling for this thing that's right in the middle and you start to make more money and you just buy more expensive things and so you keep yourself right in this in this middle ground and that's surviving to me right and i'm not here to survive i'm i'm here to thrive and uh, I think I talked a little bit earlier about model of abundance or model of scarcity. And that's when I lost my train of thought. Right. And mm -hmm. so you have a model of scarcity, which is you, you just hold on to everything that you have, whether it's your money or whether it's um, your energy or whether it's your time and every little bit of everything, you're just, you're, you're just squeezing. And when you're living by a model of abundance, you're, you're transferring that energy, right? Whether it's um, the way that you vote with your dollars or um, how you serve mankind, right? But you're, you're passing this abundance on. And this goes back to like, when your cup's full, there's no room for more goodness. There's no room. You, you, can, you can hold on to this cup, right? And, and have a full cup but it can't get any fuller and that abundance can't be replaced with more abundance or any better abundance. You're just holding on to that same amount of energy. Whereas when you're helping transfer energy and you're allowing this energy to flow through your existence and, and, and passing this abundance, if you live by a model of abundance, you're going to experience abundance, you know, and if you live by a model of scarcity, you're going to experience scarcity. And this is the same as like the idea of rich dad, poor dad, mm -hmm. right? Who we are, there are people, Tony Robbins said that to change your life, you just got to change your standards. He said that there are people who are going to make money in any economy. There's that friend that you have who has a six pack, no matter what's going on, right? Because that's just who they are. Um, and so we just have to change who we are 
to change our lives. And there's a multitude of ways to approach that. But uh, settling to me is just, that's my biggest fear is getting stuck in this normal, average, mediocre life. You know, I would rather live in the woods, right? Than, than trade all of my time and energy for this monopoly money. I, yeah. I went to Mount Shasta, right? Mm-hmm. Which is in Northern California. It's, it's actually an earth chakra. The earth has chakras too. Okay, so Mount Shasta is the crown chakra of the earth. I'm taught my whole life, there are two things that you need. You need, you need income, right? You need money and you need, a, you need a place to live, right? Those are like the, the, the two big things. If you have money, you can eat and you, you need shelter. You need a home base. And so I go to this place where there's no money and there's no, nobody has houses. Do these people live up there year round on the mountain in these little camps, right? I go to this place where there's no money and there's no houses and there was more love and more gratitude and more happiness in this place than anywhere I'd ever been before in my whole life. And it made me realize I was doing something wrong, you know, and whether it's money or whether it's gold, this is all gold is not expensive because it's pretty gold is expensive because it's hard to get. So when you're buying gold, you're not buying the gold, you're buying the energy that it takes to acquire the gold. Right, you're buying the guy with the wheelbarrow and the pitchfork that climbs the mountain and beats the gold out of the earth and then boils it down into a gold bar and then distributes that. You know, you're buying energy when you have money, when you have this this Federal Reserve banknote, right? This is just a gift card for somebody else's energy. Mm-hmm. So when we start thinking of things, when we start thinking of energy as currency, because that's all it is. You got two words: current and sea. The current is the flow of energy, and a sea is a body of water. So our currency is just the way that energy flows through our existence. That's all it is. And so when you start thinking of currency as value or of energy as value, and you start thinking about what you're trading your energy for, right? And what you're trading your time for and what you're getting back in return, it changes things. You know, it really put things into perspective for me because I was trading all this time and all this energy for a little bit of money. Right. And it, it gave me the things that I thought I needed. But when I realized there was other, there was other ways to acquire energy that I could acquire more currency with. Right. Once I realized it was just all about energy, it made things a lot easier for me. And it made, it kind of allowed me to breathe a little bit because my whole life I was just told to put my head down and work hard. And I started roofing houses when I was 13 and I got my first crew at 18 and I started my first company at 23 and I started my second one at 26 and I built my third one at 29 with a partner of mine, you know, and I remember I, I did $186,000 in sales in my first six months in business or my first seven months in business. And I was dead broke, mm. right? I sold yeah. everything I looked at and I did a great job and these people were happy, but I didn't have anything to show for it. And when I quit drinking, it was because I woke up one day and I realized I was in the exact same boat as I was when I was 15 years old, right? I had a really good job. I made really good money, but I wasn't happy. I just wanted to quit at two o'clock every day and come home and get drunk. And when I got home, it was like, you made it through the day. 
you know, you made it. Now you can do this. And what, what am I doing? You know, what is all of this energy and all this effort going into? And what did I really have to show for it? Yeah. And wow. it changed things for me. Yeah, that's the same realization I had when I left the dealership I was working at. It was just like, I'm, and even though I was like flat rate working for myself, everything like that, I just got to this point where it's like, I can do this on my own. I don't need to be spending 10 hours a day here. I, I want to, you know, be with my family. I want to do, I want to enjoy life. I don't want to just sit here and <laughs> collect a paycheck. And it's, it's amazing what you pay attention to. This is the thing I've been really getting into lately. It's currency. Yeah. What you pay attention to is, you know, I was in that grind. I was in that hustle and it, you know, money was good and I can do it on my own, man. I I can just take a break and, you know, you're giving your energy so that somebody can go do the things that you want to do. Right. Somebody was going and spending time with their family while you were doing all that work. Exactly. It just wasn't you. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I came to that realization. It's like, I'm making someone a lot of money, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I'm getting paid the scraps. So I was like, I, I I can do this on my own. And that's what I've been doing the last few months. And life has been great, you know, (laughs) really. Even if you have less money, you have your freedom, right. And you have time with your family and you have these things that you were trading for a gift card for energy that somebody had an abundance of, right? The person that you were giving all of this energy to probably had lots of money. And so the the money that they were paying you, Mm -hmm. they had plenty of, right? And they weren't interested in the money. They already had that. You know, people with money don't talk about money. Right. And so we, we get stuck in these cycles where it's all about the next dollar and it's all about this and we're trading we don't think about what we're trading. And you hear so many stories about people that, did you know that the average person works until they're 72? Okay. And they die at 78. So you work your whole life to get six years. <laughs> and those six years, you don't have your health. No, you don't have, it's not like you can go hike, you know, and see the world. At that point, you're tired and you're wore out and you just want to sit down. And when you sit down is when you die. Right. As soon as you stop moving is 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 when your body quits. And so these people trade their entire lives for a sense of security. Right. Or for a pat on the back because they did you you did what you were supposed to. You know, that's not what life's about to me. It's not about um, surviving. Again, these people, they work you work 60 years or I, I started work at 13. Right. So if I worked until I was 72 and that's not an option for me because I've just destroyed my body. But these people for for six years that you don't even get to enjoy. Right. So what are we doing here? You know, my favorite story. um, There's a podcast called The Green Knight. Are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. Okay, it's fantastic. In fact, this the man Birch who runs this is who the man who introduced me to hermeticism. Um, and long story short, okay, the Green Knight is this. He's this prince that 
has never really done anything before in his life. And so he gets this opportunity and I don't want to ruin the movie, but because Amazon just did a movie on it and the podcast Birch takes like 13, 14 hours to tell this story. And the movie does it in about three hours, but it's like, it really puts things into perspective about like, what are we doing here and what is life about? And if you're living in fear, right? Mm -hmm. If you're afraid of what's going to happen, then you can't be happy. You can't live a fulfilled life while you're in fear. When you're in fight or flight, you can't experience happiness or abundance or any of these things that we're trying to attain because that's what it's about is experiencing love and experiencing happiness and sharing this happiness and sharing this abundance with the people around you. You know, one thing before we get off crystals, people talk about Christ consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And I hear about it all the time in this movement or to be Christ-like. Well, what does it mean to be Christ-like? Where does this word come from? Well, the word Christ comes from the word Christos, okay? And this is a Greek word for crystal, okay? So they found this quartz crystal and they thought that it was the ice of the gods, right? And so that's what Christos meant, was the ice of the gods. And this is what quartz was. And so to be Christ-like was to be crystalline, right? And to be crystalline was to operate in this vibration of unconditional love. And that's what it is. It's that simple, right? So you have your physical body, you have your spiritual body, and you have your crystalline body. Or your, your physical, your mental, and your crystalline, which is your spiritual, right? And now we're talking the same trinity, which is, the, the trinity is in everything. It's not just in spirituality. It's in math, and it's in geometry, and it's in, you know, the, the carbon atom, which is the building block of everything has six protons, six neutrons, six electrons. The, the Trinity is literally everywhere. Right. And so it's about embracing all three of those things and finding balance inside that. And I think that when we see that triangle and you have the mental and the physical at the bottom and you have the spiritual on top, right. And it's embracing the duality of this world. Right. So it's about taking opposites right physical mm -hmm. and spiritual or physical and mental right or physical and spiritual which is what i think the cross represents is the crossing crossing of the physical and metaphysical planes and so taking those opposites the the mental and physical and combining those and ascending from this duality into the spirit right and i think that's what it's about is is to find this state of balance and find this state of you know you could call it a flow state or you could call it symbiosis because the human organism is a symbiotic organism or it's meant to be right if we if we started taking care of ourselves and it, this nutrition has become huge for me because i believe that you are what you eat you know we're told that but we don't practice it right there's 140 mm -hmm. chemicals in the tap water that we drink and tap water is in everything yeah. in everything and nobody complains about it. You know, the first time that fluoride was used was in World War II and it was in the Nazi internment camps. And they used it because they figured out that the prisoners were easier to control when they gave them a bunch of fluoride. Yeah. And dude, then, I, was, I was just buying um, fluoride-free toothpaste the other day. You have to. Man, we brush our teeth with it. We give our kids fluoride pills. And the fluoride-free toothpaste was behind a locked cabinet. Yeah. i was like are you kidding me isn't that crazy it's unreal man it's absolutely unreal like this is the dangerous stuff or the you know it's unreal to me man it's poison it's mm -hmm. poison there was a movie that came out in 1961 and 
uh, you may have seen it. It kind of circulated on social media recently, but it's these two guys that are in the military and he's talking about the biggest atrocity that has ever and will ever be committed on the American people is the fluorinated water. Right. And mm-hmm. this guy sounds like a total conspiracy theorist in the movie. And they were like, I think they were kind of like trying to make fun of him. Right. And mm-hmm. now 60 years later, it's, we're all, we're all doing it. And so I set out about a year ago to get away from it, right? I decided I was done. I was not going to put fluoride in my body. And the amount of effort that it requires and the amount of money and the amount of energy that it requires to not put that into your body is absolutely mind-boggling. And then so, you know, driving two hours to harvest spring water, right, is the closest place to my house for me to go. I go, I get 40 gallons at a time and that lasts me a month. So once a month, I got to spend two hours driving somewhere, fill up my water bottle and two hours driving home. Now that's a very sacred thing for me. I got a video of it on my, on my Instagram. I bring my crystals. I make a little, there's a little ritual I do out of it. I thank the earth for the water that it's giving me. I try to set intention while my water bottles are filling up and then try to drink, think about that intention and drink that intention. And if you, do you know who Dr. Emoto is? I don't. Okay, he wrote a book called The Miracle of Water, and this dude proved that you can talk to your water, and then he proved that you don't even have to talk to your water. So if you look at a glass of water, okay, and this is science, right? This is not this. This is science. This is documented. Okay, you can look at a glass of water and you tell it that it's beautiful or you tell it that you love it, and it's going to create on a molecular level. It's going to create these symmetrical, uh, aesthetically pleasing shapes right? You tell it that it's ugly or you tell it that you hate it and it makes these obtuse, asymmetrical, ugly shapes in the water. We can communicate with our water, right? And what are we made out of? 70% water. That's right. So how many times have you stood next to somebody, right? And known what they were going to say, or you stood next to somebody and you were like, dude, I don't want this person in my space. Mm-hmm. right that's vibration that's all that is and this is and we say it we joke about it like bob marley talks about good vibrations you know and mm-hmm. how many you hear people all the time go oh i got really we're really weird vibes from that guy you know but nobody puts together that this is your vibration your vibratory field interacting with somebody else's vibratory field and your body telling you we don't like this right mm-hmm. and so it starts with little things like that. And so when detoxing from fluoride, you realize that juice, every juice that you go to the store, unless it's hundred percent fruit, just got fluoride in it. Right. Every, how many items do you look at the back of, and it says water or filtered water, right. Mm-hmm. Or purified water. That's all comes right out of the tap. Mm-hmm. All, the only water that doesn't have it in it, is distilled water. And how many times have you read a bottle and it said that it was made with distilled water? Never. And that's what I've been drinking for the last like three weeks is just distilled water. And then we have Saratoga Springs, which is about an hour from where we are. And it's the same thing. We'll just try to fill up with as much as we yep. can. But you can only fit so many bottles, so many gallon bottles in a car. At a time. Yep. I, REI has seven gallon containers that are skinny, you can fit four of them in your trunk. You could go and get, you know, almost 30 gallons of water in one trip. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's ways to do it. It requires effort, but there's ways to do it. And then 
I just learned six months ago that we absorb more chemicals through our skin <laughs> than right, we so do from drinking. And yeah, everything. we're bathing in it, right? And mm-hmm. then women uh, wear makeup. Did you know that the average woman absorbs like 5.2 pounds of chemicals through their face just from makeup? Mm-hmm. Right? And then our shampoos. I had I, I have hair for the first time in my life. And that's another thing we can touch on really quick is like, stop cutting your hair, man. Dude, it's, it's so funny that you said that because I'm I just it's the synchronicities are crazy because I've been trying. I just started growing my hair out. It's and an I antenna. Actually, I was actually going bald last March. And I, that's probably when I was the most stressed. And my hair is not long, but the last time I cut it, I think, was May. So it takes it, time. Yeah. But, like, and here's the thing. If you're having issues with losing hair, put a fluoride filter on your shower, and you will be amazed mm-hmm. what happens to your hair. It's because, and we call it hard water, right? Oh, it's just hard water. No, that's chemicals. That's poison, right? Yeah. In World War One, how many people did we kill with chlorine gas? Right. But we're putting in our water. Right. And the amount of fluoride that's in the water is absolutely mind boggling. It's not healthy. Right. And 140 chemicals. Okay. And then did you know that GMOs are illegal in Russia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause, and cause Putin says they're chemi- or they're, they're poison. Right. Uh, right. But we, we just eat this stuff. When I switched to organic, I didn't, I, the stuff that sweated out of me over the next two weeks was an atrocity. <laughs> I mean, every night was just sweating this stuff out that did not smell like me. And it's this this organism, this vessel that we drive, because this body is not who we are, right? Your brain is not capable of producing a thought, okay? Your brain is an amplifier of thought. The, the brain is not the same thing as the mind, right? So our mind or our consciousness uses our brain to project thought into this physical realm right and it does that through the pineal gland or the third eye right Mm -hmm. well guess what fluoride does calcifies it (laughs) that's right so and not to mention we put all this poison in our body all the time and so this whole idea is of, of connecting with your higher self right and uh is your divine self gonna come and kick it in the sewer you know, if why are we going to put poison and toxins into this vessel all the time and expect our our divinity to come down and, and inhabit it? Right. And it does that through the pineal gland. This is where we this is where our intuition is. This is where um, people talk about downloads all the time. You get those through the pineal. That's where it all comes from. And your hair is huge. Like I think it was World War II or Vietnam. They needed trackers, right? Because these we didn't understand the bush and this guerrilla warfare. And so we, we uh, sent these people out to find the, the best trackers in the world. And they, there was this one Indian tribe that was known for their trackers. And so they find these guys and they, they initiate them. And the first thing they do is cut their hair off because that's what you do when you join the military, right? Mm-hmm. And they weren't any good at tracking. They weren't any good at it. And so they went and they, maybe these guys are just bad. So they went and they got some more and they cut their hair off and they weren't any good at tracking, right? And so they bring this Indian chief in and they're like, dude, you said that these guys were the best trackers in the world. He said, like, well, what happened with their hair? You know, and, well, we cut it. 
Well, that's why you don't have trackers, you know? So these, our culture teaches us not to embrace these qualities because a person in tune with their intuition and a person in tune with nature is not an easy person to control. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to, you know, just like they needed the prisoners to be docile in World War II. Then they started using it in the prison systems and then they started using it in the public water supply. Right. And they, they tell us it's good for your teeth or whatever. I don't use fluoride. My teeth are fine. I've got great teeth. You know, it it's things are all bigger than the narrative that's handed to us. And so I always try to think about what are the impact of these things that I'm putting in my body and what do I want my life to be right now? I'm living a plant-based life, which is, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily right for everyone, but I've learned that disease and cancer and all these things can't survive in an alkaline state. They just can't. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the two most acidic things that we can eat are meat and dairy. And that blew my mind. I was taught that like a man needed meat to be strong, right? And that's where you got all your protein. And I asked somebody, I, there was this guy on Instagram that was just jacked. And he was bragging about being plant-based. And I'm like, dude, where do you get your protein? And he goes, he just messages me back and he goes, the exact same place all the largest man, man, land mammals on earth do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thanks, right? And he's like, fruits and vegetables, dude. And I'm like, no. Fruits and vegetables don't have protein. You know, I need 100 grams of protein a day, right? So I'm eating all this meat and I'm supplementing with whey protein. And what I've learned is that when we eat complex proteins, our body doesn't have the ability to process them correctly. And so our the walls of our intestines get lined with poo, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to put just tons and tons of food and tons of protein in there because most of it is not going to get absorbed. And so when you switch to a plant-based diet, at first you're going to lose weight. You're going to lose weight quickly, right? Because your body is not getting the same amount of nutrients. Well, after you've cleaned your intestines out, right? And they can function the way that they're supposed to, you don't need near as much food. And there's protein in peas and there's protein in grains and there's protein in, in all of these things. There's protein in fruits, right? And when your body learns how to operate efficiently, you don't need as much food and you don't need as much protein. You don't need as much stuff. And again, the la I'm not the guy that pushes things on people. What I, I, nothing bothers me more than somebody that quits drinking and then tells everybody around them that they have to quit drinking, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm an information source, and I will tell people what works for me, right? And I have never felt better in my life as I did when I switched to organic and I, I, I switched to a plant-based diet, and I started I – I read the ingredients, man – every time and I want to know what I'm putting in my body and I don't put anything that's bleached or refined into my body and my body has become symbiotic again. I'm not having to supplement the way that I was and I'm not, my inflammation isn't the same. You know, gluten is another huge thing. Like almost everyone is allergic to gluten. Did you know that? Yeah. Almost yeah. everyone. Well, funny story. My uh, son, my four-year-old, he's, he was, this is probably like April, well, kind of the beginning of the year he was suffering with, uh, headaches, stomach aches, sick, you know, and they wanted to do MRIs. They wanted to get them on medication. 
And finally, the nurse practitioner at his pediatrician was like, I'm just going to run some blood work. Comes back, celiacs. We switched him to a gluten-free diet. We've been gluten-free in the house for like two months now. And, and he's fine. Isn't everyone's he? better. Yep. I had a cousin who was autistic, severely autistic. Um, he couldn't speak. He, he could take in information just fine, right? He knew what you were saying, um, but he couldn't communicate back to you, right? And it, it just, it made him angry and it, uh, it made him emotional. It made him all these things because he had all this stuff that he wanted to say and he didn't know he, he couldn't say it, right? And I think <clears throat> he was six or seven by the time that we read this study and it was on a gluten-free diet and how it affects autism. And they took it super seriously, super seriously, as far as that he had his own toaster and he had his own frying pans and uh, they switched him to this gluten-free diet. And within, I, I think it was like nine days. Wow. He was talking, you know, he went from, uh, completely disabled special needs to he went to normal school. He didn't, he didn't have to do any special ed. He didn't have to do any, anything. He flies planes right now. He's a pilot. Right. And he was told by the, the, his parents were told by every doctor that they talked to that he would never be normal. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is from one change in diet you know so i guess the point that i'm trying to make is we have to respect the vessel right and it's really really inconvenient at first to get healthy it's 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 not easy you have to learn nutrition and you have to learn what you're eating and a lot of times like you can't go to mcdonald's and eat gluten free no you know, and so it means you got to cook your own meals or it means you got to you got to work to find restaurants that that make good food. And it, it it requires effort and it requires energy. But all of that energy and all of that effort will come back to you every ounce of it. Mm -hmm. And so I just encourage people to research, you know, what are these things <clears throat> that I'm putting in my body? Right. Because I would argue that nothing worth having is easy to get. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I say, why don't we uh, wrap it up on that and we'll, we'll do another episode soon, man. I'd uh, love that. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you and how they can get in contact with you? Right now, I only exist on Instagram. Uh, my page is called Hatter Will Happen. Uh, with an underscore between Hatter and uh, with an underscore between each word. So Hatter underscore will underscore happen. Um, I started this page to try and share my journey. Um, I started getting healthy and I started getting happy and I started experiencing this abundance. And in my opinion, there's no point in having that if you can't share that with other people. Right. And again, I don't try to tell anyone how to live or say that my way is the only way to do it, but I'm not going to tell people to watch what they put in their body and not give them something, right? I can mm -hmm. show you what I do and what works for me. And the only point that I'm trying to illuminate is that this has paid off for me, right? So I encourage everyone to do 
their own research, right? And figure out what works best for them because what works best for me is not what's going to work best for everybody. But I can tell you one way, right? And it is a start or I can give you a resource or a place to look, right? And that's that's all I'm trying to do. I don't expect whether it's the spirituality that I'm talking about or whether it's the diet that I'm talking about or the crystals or the science or the alternate history, right? It's just one thing that is a it's a seed for you to go research right and if if what comes out of my mouth inspires one person to get online and 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 do some independent research or to reach out and talk to somebody then I've done my job you know and I spend I was telling you I don't I don't work very often anymore I take a couple jobs a month and that's what it takes for me to survive and why I do what I do uh, work-wise is to be able to have the free time to help people, right? And I spend a lot of time answering questions on social media. I don't get on there and scroll. I don't get on there and watch people's stories, right? I get on there and I get in my inbox and there's these people that are reaching out and it's not always asking questions, man. What makes my day is to get on there and have somebody say like, hey man, look, or send me a picture of their grocery cart you know, or send me a picture of the scale or send me a picture of them with their kids and, 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 and hear about how something that we've covered has improved somebody's life. And so if, if people have questions, reach out, man, I'll take the time to answer them. And if it works, let me know. And if it doesn't, then let me know, you know, that's okay too. Um, I'm on this path and I just want to share this path with other people. And I want to, I just want to stress that we don't fit in boxes and the more we try to fit into some specific box, the more of ourself that we lose and we're all beautiful, right? And we're all different and we're all symbiotic and we're all here for a reason and finding that reason and finding that beauty and finding that symbiosis and finding that abundance and finding that love and then sharing that love is what it's about for me. And my thing is like love yourself love the people around you and love this plane you know and if you do those three things your life is going to get better and it's going to get better every day and you know that's that's what i leave everybody with um hatter will happen is me come find me ask away you know let's let's improve our own lives and then use that to improve the lives of the people around us that's beautiful man I love it. And I, I saw your, the opportunity. I saw your live video the other day. I was like, I got to get this guy on. I got to talk to him. <laughs> you know, I appreciate so. the, the words and I appreciate the chance to be heard. And I hope that, um, I just hope it inspires people to, to invest in themselves a little bit because you can't invest in anybody else until you invest in yourself. And I think that a lot of people think that that's selfish and it's not selfish to me to put yourself first. It's, it's, yeah. You can't protect people. You can't help people. You can't do anything if you're not healthy, if you're not available. That's so. right. You got to be a hundred percent and you got to help people with your overflow. Um, so I appreciate you, man. Again, uh, was humbled by the message that you sent me and I was very grateful for the opportunity to come on here and, and reach some new people. So, um, I look forward to doing this again and I hope you have a great night. You too, man. And doors open. So, you want to come on anytime you can. I appreciate it, brother. We'll do it again soon.
Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. And that's the show, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a story of your own, you can go ahead and email me at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. If you'd like to help the show grow, you can leave a positive review. And most importantly, share the show with your friends, family, and whoever else you can think to share it with. That's how this show grows. So thank you so much to all the listeners, and we'll see you soon.